Hey, Mary. Hey, Katie. Uh, so I have another pirate fact for you. Uh, we knew that pirates have like pirate code, right? Right. But they have some of them have some really strict rules, including like a very weird curfew. So like you thought they were like raucous and you know it's always party party and like chaos but a lot of them said that they had to extinguish the lights and candles by eight o'clock at night and if any of the crew after that hour still remained inclined for drinking they were to do it on the open deck so in other words no staying up past eight (laughs) wow but is this really could then Do you remember the list of crimes that Ed committed? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Something about curfews. Like I feel yes. like this. <laughs> maybe this is linked somehow. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> I know. So you know they were kind of boring. It's like God, Dad. Sorry, I'm up past eight. Hello and welcome to the Gentleman Pirates Library, a podcast covering every episode of the Mac show Our Flag Means Death. I'm Katie. And I'm Mary. And today we'll be taking a deep dive into Season 2, Episode 5, The Curse of Seafaring Life, aka the one where Steed cosplays a Spanish Jackie. (laughs) And he can't pull it off as well as she can. I mean, of course not, but he really <laughs> does his best. Oh, he looks so good he in that suit, He looks so though. good in that suit. I wish Ed had seen him in the suit. I am so steed-coated, but I was like, oh no, don't I actually take it off? Can you just break the curse somehow? Yeah, <laughs> it looks so good. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from that, do you have any general impressions for, for this episode? <laughs> Um, I feel like it, it paired really well with the last episode that it's just so uh, it's completing this trauma, this this it's like they locked everyone in a room and said, OK, you got to figure it out. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you, honestly, like this feels like the reset to how things were is almost complete, mm-hmm. right? Like we have a return to almost like the good old days where the crew is yeah. like functional enough Mm-hmm. Um, Ed and Steed are back on and yeah. oh boy are they back on and oh, like yeah. Izzy is also blossoming into this like even better character than before and like yeah. Lucius is also moving forward like there's just so much beautiful things happening mm-hmm. it's interesting how they kept Ed like apart from Steed for the most part until the end because yeah. there's still some growth that he needed to go through mm-hmm. and some growth that Steed needed to go through so they could kind of get back together so and i think the beautiful thing also is to see them like coming back together and to see that it's possible to grow alongside each other Mm -hmm. right because sometimes i feel like we we tell each other oh once i've healed then i'll be able to be with somebody but like that that is of the list of things that we talked about last time that were bullshit that is also bullshit like it's possible to grow while you are with somebody and to grow alongside them and to heal with them too Mm -hmm. are we ready to dive in Yes, we are. All right. So the cold open takes place out on the deck of the Revenge, where Ed gives like the most typical corporate apology you can imagine, (laughs) right? Like meaning he never actually says that he's sorry. 
Yeah. He even goes, we're trying to move the culture forward. (laughs) (laughs) Makes me laugh forever. Like, what does that even fucking mean? I mean, like, you've you've heard this, right? Like, I mean, I don't know if you have, but I know that I have, like, in in institutional settings where it's like, we want to move on from this. And, like, this is, like... (laughs) something really really awful and terrible and you're like but can we really move just like move on from this like what are you talking about (laughs) oh god i love it so much it's just those buzzwords i love that they use that it was great yes exactly it was a really good like it was it was making like punching up and i loved it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um now he does say thank you to the crew for allowing him back on the ship and this is where we find out that some of the conditions for him to stay on board is that he has to wear a cat collar with a bell on it (laughs) and he's wearing like a sack he's wearing a sack yes burlap and yes i i I would like to think that frenchie sewed it for him i i would agree john or we you know maybe it was a collaboration Hmm, um and and he's wearing the cat collar with the bell so that he (laughs) and i quote can't sneak up on people Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um which is a lot (laughs) so it means he did sneak up on people a lot i mean that that is my assumption from this information right also it's funny that they call it specifically a cat collar and like the ship has always had a cat for a flag so yes but like so they crowned izzy the unicorn of the ship Mm. and now now ed is the cat (laughs) (laughs) oh I i love that i actually love that yeah um so ed concludes his non-existent topology with like this is a safe spaceship um (laughs) and to give you an idea of how this all lands like the only people who are clapping are like steed fang roach and pete everyone else like doesn't move a single muscle except for lucius who gives ed the finger and frenchie does give him like one clap (laughs) because he's such like a Frenchie is so like go with the flow he's like okay uh, whatever yeah exactly. uh, but Lucius is such a mood I love <gasps> Lucius in this whole episode he's so great Lucius is amazing in this episode like you can really see what's eating at him and I just I love mm. I love that about him so I love that the show can swing so wildly from like one extreme to the other like if you're trying to seriously critically analyze the show <laughs> which we try to sometimes but like you could get whiplash from like the Ed we saw in the first couple of episodes to the one in this episode. And like, Mm. you're like, why would they ever trust him to change at all? Like, especially, you know, it'd be one thing to be like for him to slightly get better and apologize, but like for him to go from this madman to this like little kitten, you're like, (laughs) "Mm, something's up. I don't trust this, you know? Um, But Keep in mind that there was an interview with David Jenkins where he said he didn't think it was a big deal at all that um, Ed shot Izzy and made him lose his leg. He was like, yeah. whatever, it's it's a workplace and that's a casualty of that workplace. And like he just didn't think it was a big deal. So right. if we're really sitting here trying to like critically analyze these thoughts and feelings and the creators are like, nah, have him shoot his leg off. Who cares? Yeah, like, whatever. It's all good. Um, I... I feel, again, that this is in part because of the absurd nature of the narrative and the story, right. um, that sometimes we get to see stuff like that. Again, if you if you really want to go into it, and I know that some people have, like you can talk about different uh, mental health conditions that somebody mm-hmm. could have that would have them have like these kinds of 
um changing oh yeah uh i saw moves. someone talk about like hypermania and stuff like that of yeah. his like yeah certainly i mean i'm I'm not a, a health you can't professional. diagnose it but he's yeah, a exactly. fictional character so we can kind of we, I, you know absolutely. it's not inappropriate to see those no I, no i don't think it's inappropriate at all it's just that i don't have the knowledge to talk about it that's all i'm sure, saying sure, but like sure. i completely agree with you and and plus like especially if this is a condition that people have and then they see it on mm-hmm. screen and they're like i think he has that like i think that's yeah, amazing yeah. to be able to see yourself in characters yeah. in a way that you probably don't see yourself represented often so mm-hmm. 100% you know headcanon him whatever you want um I just don't have the knowledge to be able to talk sure. about it critically sure. let's put it that way yeah it's uh, just it is a lot of whiplash though so you're uh, like yes how are they gonna trust him to even say you know because they're like when are you gonna flip on us again you know well I mean I think that's also the point right like this is yeah. this is him saying he's going to change or saying he has changed but has yeah. he really changed right um so I think like if we just look at it that way I think it makes a lot of sense plus like yeah. a lot of the crew just don't trust him at all as far as they can throw <laughs> right. him which is not very far right so right right um I feel like it's it it gives me whiplash, but I, I can totally explain it away, you know? Mm-hmm. I do think that as we go through the episode, though, he he earns back a little bit tr- of trust because of some of the stuff he does and, mm-hmm. you know, some of the conversations he has. So, yeah, I'm really happy about it, that they took the time to, to work on it. Same. Yeah. We're back on the deck and the crew is hoisting a new flag, uh, which seems to be a cat with some fireworks behind it. And, mm-hmm. uh, and Frenchie is ecstatic about it, like, which always makes me so happy, you know, like it's amazing. Uh, oh yeah. I think that, um, I saw that it was the same cat that was on the back of his jacket when he was in Blackbeard's crew and he had like the, the claws. Yeah. I saw I that. I think I saw that. So yeah. I love that. I was like, oh, like, oh. he's like, I have a new flag. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay, 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 okay. Um then there's a bit of an altercation between Lucius and the polycule. And by that mm-hmm. I mean Alu, Jim, and Archie, while they're busy cleaning the deck and like they're laughing as they're doing it, right? Like Lucius is just not happy about the laughing. Mm. Uh he's also very upset that Ed is back and that everyone seems to be fine with it, which honestly, like rightly so. I totally get it. Yeah. And Archie's comment is really telling. She was like, that's what happens. They just get away with it and we move on. And so like the they and the we. Mm. So Blackbeard and Steed are in a different class than they are that, you know, they're the leadership. They're the 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 top dogs. And yeah. Archie just has to go with the flow. That's how you get along in a pirate ship. Mm-hmm. And Lucius is like, nah. <laughs> yeah, I think class is the right word here. I think yeah. that's a really. Um, yeah, I think that makes sense. He does point out, Lucia, sorry, does point out that Ed never said that he was sorry. And then Roach replies that he's never heard an apology before. And so to him, it was amazing. (laughs) And that's when Lucius turns to Izzy, asking him if he's happy about it. I love that Izzy's just hanging out. Oh, Izzy is just hanging out. He's like (laughs) whittling, doing something, right? And like, he's just like, anyway, so like, Mm -hmm. okay. (laughs) because <laughs> uh, i have to describe this because this is literally like the hottest power play i've ever seen on screen <laughs> like izzy just like stabs his knife onto the capstan and then puts down his whittling he walks up to lucius takes his cigarette from his hand takes a really long drag and then says that yeah he's pretty happy about pirating <laughs> like it was just it was so hot. It was so flirty. And like, and Lucius knew it. That's why he was so like uncomfortable. He was like, what's happening? 
no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Lucius is so betrayed that he's yeah. the only one still upset about everything. Mm-hmm. Like, the last episode, everyone was still so traumatized and doing poorly. And Izzy was the worst amongst them. And yes, they helped him through that. But, like, Lucius is like, what the hell? So, you know, it's it's not a great feeling when everyone seems to be healing and moving on and you can't seem to. And yeah. I'm sure he's just pissed. Yeah. I, I, I totally get that, honestly. Like it it like you said, it really, really sucks when everybody seems to be moving on and you're like, but I can't forget this. Like this mm-hmm. is still actively harming me. Um and I think that they do a really good job at depicting that because that's yeah. very upsetting. So now we're inside yeah. the ship where Steed is putting items back into like his curiosity cabinet and Ed mm-hmm. is complaining about the cat bell. Um, Steed tells him that he's going to have to wear it until he's like no longer doing insane things and the crew is comfortable around him again. Which is um, nice. Yeah. It, it's nice. And it like, oh, okay. Yeah, you do like, this is what you have. These are natural consequences to like mm-hmm. what you yeah. have decided to do. Right. Yeah. Um, this is when Ed tells Steed that he should practice his captain voice. And you can really tell that even though Steed isn't particularly good at it on his first try, like Ed really appreciates it. I keep seeing edits of Ed's like heaving chest <laughs> once Steed orders him around. <laughs> like... It's like, it's, I mean, Steed is like literally ordering his colored boyfriend to go mm-hmm. fix the latch on a door. Mm-hmm. And Ed goes and does it like, and he's yeah. like, "Yes, sir, right away, sir." And I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> I he, like he, it's so kinky. <laughs> it's so yeah." He takes a little bit of his power back when he's like, "Oh, I shut the fuck up." When yes. he keeps doing it, <laughs> so like you can see, it's very playful. He's not going to be like the sub and like always be the sub around him, but like it's very like playful like oh that mm-hmm. was hot all right i'm gonna go there all right shut up yeah, exactly you know? <laughs> exactly exactly i, I mean he's a, he's also a brat right so like that works yes. out for him <laughs> yeah i, love but I so did much. love that moment because i felt I, I felt seen i was like oh my god oh no is this what i look like i was like oh my god <laughs> oh well and he was so tired he was so tired of leading everybody he was so tired yeah. of being the captain he was so tired of being the great blackbeard and you know he gets to live out this little fantasy of that he's a nobody and he's just being told what to do it is wonderful to relinquish control i'll just say that yes. and we'll move on yeah so <laughs> ed is actually fixing the latch on the door and he's talking to it and he says and i really want to like read this up because i think it's really important mm-hmm. Hello, Mr. Latch. It's not your fault you're broken. No, you didn't break you. Just trying to do your job, weren't you? And it really does feel like a play therapy session where like kids tell Mm -hmm. stories and they create characters that are like proxies for themselves. Right. Like you want to be like, go tell that to Izzy. (laughs) Go tell that to Izzy, but also like to a certain degree, I think this is also about himself. Oh, sure, sure. Like, mm-hmm. I can totally see it being about Izzy, and I can see it being about him. And I've, oh, yeah. I have know that I've seen both interpretations online, and I, I, yeah, like, this really, actually, yeah, this reminded me of seeing, like, my own child in play therapy, mm-hmm. talking mm-hmm. about things, like, about, like, these characters that he was playing with. And I'm like, that's what's happening in your life, you know? And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. my God. Like, so it was really... um like, I just thought that they did such a wonderful job with, like, three sentences, right? To be able to show how Ed is thinking about certain things. Mm-hmm. Lucius comes through the door and he, like, 
immediately freaks out at the sight of Ed, right? Like, and Ed ends up telling him that he's going to let Lucius push him <laughs> off the ship so that he can feel better. I'm glad that Lucius is happier, but honestly, they should have just let him hate Ed. <laughs> but, you know, I, I like but, that he's getting some agency back. Yeah. And I think that this is also maybe him trying to regain some sort of control, trying to move yeah. on. Right. He's like, oh, mm-hmm. this is going to help. This could do wonders. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you can tell that he's looking for healing, but he doesn't quite know how to do that. Mm-hmm. And and again, like that feels so relatable to me. And if we go back to the the different class part, like you have to think that in this society, even outside of piracy, you don't the the upper class, the the leadership isn't ever going to actually like bow to you and let you do something to them, even yeah. if they do apologize or try to atone they're like well let's not let's not get crazy so you know this this rush of like oh i can do whatever i want to this is awesome yeah exactly (laughs) like it's yeah like you said it's agency it's regaining control it's like Mm -hmm. trying to move on and just like not really thinking about like sustainable ways of doing that i guess right um because revenge feels good sometimes in the moment and then you're like but it didn't actually solve anything see 15 seasons <laughs> right. of supernatural exactly <laughs> we cut to below deck um by the way do you know how freaking long it took me to take notes for this part of the show i just like kept watching it through i was just fully mesmerized by izzy's body <laughs> this is the moment we've been waiting for i know everybody ever since that trailer came out and it's so much more oh my god it's so much better than i thought it would be and i i i just love that people keep tagging me (laughs) in these screenshots i'm like i have been too vocal about this (laughs) i was talking to a friend about it and i'm like i have been too vocal about my love for con o'neill because now people keep tagging me and stuff and it's getting embarrassing (laughs) yeah I get tagged and stuff just randomly <laughs> about Misha yeah, Collins, so yeah, I get there it. You go. Thank you, thank <laughs> They're you. They're like, oh, hands. There's Misha's hands. I'm like, yes, thank you, thank you. Veins. <laughs> <laughs> Thighs. <laughs> so anyway, we're below deck and Izzy is sword training. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm uh, mm-hmm. Shirtless with mm-hmm, what mm-hmm, we find mm-hmm. out later are all of Steed's best candles. Phallic. No. <laughs> I mean, yes. It, yeah. I, there's a point where, like, the Izzy is framed in such a way that, like, you see him, you see his, like, half-naked body, and then all you see is, like, a candle in the middle of his body, and you're like, this is, mm-hmm. this is very phallic. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, can I just say how beautiful his swordsmanship is? Like... Are we talking about actual like, swordsmanship yes, or what the swordsmanship like, well, means on the show? It can mean whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying, no, I'm talking about ap- actual swordsmanship. Like mm-hmm. he, he like touches the blade and like kind of does like a, it's not a, like a practice swing, but he's just like setting his bearings or whatever. Yeah. And then the way he swings it, I, I was just like, oh, damn. Cause we've only seen him, like we've seen him be like a halfway competent pirate, but then he, we've only really seen him in that duel with Steed where he lost. Right. On a technicality. On a, well, on a technicality. But, <laughs> you know, it wouldn't be inappropriate to assume he was just merely competent, but he is like an artist. And we yes. s- we see in this scene that, you know, he said, oh, Ed said you taught him everything you knew. Like, he is a beautiful swordsman, mm-hmm. not just a competent 
swordsman. So yeah, I just was, it was breathtaking. Mm-hmm. And the heaving bosom of it all too. I'm like, mm. oof. Ooh. Hmm. I mean, listen, I think you're, you're completely right. Like he goes beyond competency and into excellence. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, again, that can be really kinky for some people. So just, yeah. uh, competency yeah. is sexy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mastery is sexy. Let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's move on. <laughs> I'm revealing too much of myself. <laughs> um, so Steed comes down and sees that Izzy is like relearning what he calls the basics with one mm-hmm. leg. And I think... Honestly, I feel like this speaks to like having to relearn how to be you and how to take mm-hmm. care of you, like after trauma, um, yeah. obviously after disability. So after like physical and emotional trauma, like having to relearn all of those things. Mm-hmm. And Steed is pretty quick to ask Izzy for help training him. Which is interesting to me because, again, Steed comes to him with respect and distinct lack of disdain that has colored all of their previous interactions Mm. you know that the one where he was on susan's ship was a little bit of an outlier because he had found out that ed was dead and you know um and that was maybe like a transition into not hating him but like to come to him and be like train me help me i need Mm -hmm. help you need to and he even said you know and he you're going to talk about it later where he says that you know blackbeard says you know you taught him everything he knew yeah and I just wonder how much he has discussed Ed, Izzy with Ed, you know, like mm-hmm. how he because he wasn't witness to him. Now, of course, he was witness to him having lost his leg, but his true breakdown happened while Steed was at the dinner party. So, like, I just wonder how much how much the persona of Izzy has changed in Steed's mind because he seemed to hate him before. So, yeah, I mean, so we talked a little bit about how we very briefly mentioned how, you know, Ed was jealous of Mary Bonnet because she was mm-hmm. like Steed's ex or mm-hmm. wife or whatever. Yeah. And how maybe there could have been a little bit of that too with like Steed and Izzy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, and again, like, I'm not saying that this is the correct answer, but just, this is how I think about it. Right. Um, I think that there was some of that. And especially now that Steed is like more secure in his relationship with Ed. Mm, yeah. Um, maybe it allows, it allows him to kind of look at Izzy a little bit differently. He's heard the crew. He's heard Ed. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, well, listen, like this person is valuable. This person is important mm-hmm. to the crew, yeah. to Ed, to uh, the health of this ship. Uh, I need to be a leader and, and put my own yeah. feelings aside kind of thing. I, I, yeah. Again, I, I'm, uh, maybe I'm reading too much into this, but like that's yeah. kind of how I explain it to myself. No, I love it. Um, so yeah, so after he hears that, Izzy goes like, "Yeah, well, Blackbeard says a lot of things," and then there's a pause. <laughs> but what did he say about me specifically? Oh, his line <sighs> delivery! Oh my god, is so good. It's like the little hesitation and the the stutter with specifically. And it's, 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 it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Like, it's so just the undercurrent of desperation, mm. you know, I, oh my God. And he embarrassment so too, because he knows yeah. what he sounds like, right? Yeah. And, and there are so many lines he delivered perfectly in this episode that oh, I was like, oh, God. it was so good. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's funny because like, honestly, to me, like 
the great spoken word poem, like when I say we are all teen girls by Olivia Gatwood, mm. um, comes to mind. And I'm like, we need to add a line in it about Izzy Hands asking <laughs> what exactly his ex-boyfriend said about him after he shot off his leg. Like it's, it's, it's a lot, you know, I'm like, oh man, wow. That's mm. yeah. Uh, again, relatable, relatable yeah. how some yeah. people can just like mangle you. And mm. then you're like, but what did he say about me? He was practically twirling his hair. <laughs> yes. Um, so Izzy does end up agreeing to help Steed. And again, in the flirtiest way you can possibly imagine. And this is where like the candle is like mid-body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, treating him like I, I just... I, again, I'd said before how excited I was for his, like, reclamation arc, like, his recovery, and, like, treating him as, like, the knowledge holder, yeah, like, the one legitimate pirate on the ship from which knowledge and skill can be obtained. Like, he went to Ed. He is the Blackbeard, you know? He's like, okay. And he's like, no, 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 no. Izzy's the one you want. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You can go and see Obi-Wan, but really you need to go to Yoda. You know? Mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my God. I love that. And that's and, the thing, right? When we were talking about figureheads before, like the spirit of the ship, like this is what Izzy represents. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you combine the two, so he is the, the knowledge holder. He is the one legitimate pirate. He is the one who is not only a competent pirate, but an excellent pirate. And then couple that with the crew crowning him as the figurehead of the ship. Like mm. Izzy is really winning, even though he's lost so much. So he's truly yeah. transforming just as Buttons did. It's a painful transformation, but yes. it is definitely a transformation for sure. Yep. Oh, Izzy. And so this is where we are so freaking lucky to get a short training montage of Izzy training Steed. Um, first telling him to punch him, but Steed taking so long that Izzy just like punches him in the stomach. Come on, Izzy. You're trying to teach him something. Well, I guess you taught him something. But he taught him something. He's like, don't think about it too much. Just do it. Like, you need to yeah. react, right? Like, don't he think was about like, it. like, which hand? I'm like, what do you mean, which hand? <laughs> what do you mean, which hand? Steed! Oh. And then we get the rope swing, right? Mm, <laughs> but mm -hmm. And so Steed tries to rope swing, but not before Izzy smacks him in the ass. Oh, God. It's so good. <gasps> Fuck off! Uh, <laughs> um... And I love he makes mention of his gloves. So Steed is wearing these gorgeous brown gloves yeah. and he's on the rope. And as he's like sliding down the rope, he's like, it burns, it burns. And he's like, yeah, those gloves are kind of shit, aren't they? Mm -hmm. So he's like commenting on like, yeah, you're all about the looks, but really you need it for, for use. For function. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because the thing is, like, everything that Izzy wears is probably about function. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I'm I'm quite excited to see how that maybe maybe how that changes like Steed's look in, in maybe, future yeah. episodes. I don't know. He maybe. also does care for form because he's like, just like oh. Lego Batman. He's like, I only deal in black or very, very dark gray. <laughs> <laughs> Except my gold leg, which is fabulous. <laughs> Oh my god, I love him so much. I know. <laughs> I think I need to get myself a unicorn horn for, for Halloween. You might have to. Oh, you know, an aside, I was thinking, I was like, oh my god, the dream would be if you and I could go to New York Comic Con next year if the if <gasps> Our Flag Means Death cast went. I would do it. If you go, I'll oh my go. God. 
If yeah. you're a bird, I'm a bird. <laughs> yes. You and me, we have to get a photo of with the Our Flag Means Death curve. Yes. Like, oh my God, oh, how much fun would that Katie. be? Oh my God, let's do it. Let's do it. I want to do it. I want to do it so badly. Because I'm like, well, I'm not really in the fandom. And I'm like, no, I make a fucking podcast about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's do it. Oh yeah. my God. Oh my to. God. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yes, I need a moment. But yes, let's yes. do it. We also get shooting training, and honestly, it's all a bit of a disaster, right? As, mm-hmm. as expected. However, Steed and Izzy both seem to be taking this really seriously, which I really appreciate, yeah. right? Like, Steed is taking Izzy's advice seriously, and Izzy is taking the training seriously as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that that really shows that they are starting to value each other and recognize the importance of the role that they both play in this community. Well, and I think they've taken the time, so now they can successfully shift after this episode to him being a part of the crew, mm-hmm. um, respected by Steed, just like the rest of the crew, and, like, they don't have to deal with that anymore. He is no longer the antagonist. Like, he can be like Black Pete was at the beginning of the series, where he was part of the crew, but he was also, like, lovingly an asshole, and they're like, okay, yeah, that guy. You know, and then they've taken the time to kind of shift him and mold him into part of the crew. So I'm kind of, I'm happy about this. And I think it also means that like when Steve gives an order, Izzy's going to listen. Like there, there is that building of mutual respect there that is necessary, I think, for the next episodes with what I think might be happening. Right. 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 Yep. we cut back to Lucius and Ed and Lucius is trying to recreate the scene exactly. Right. He's telling Ed, like... You have to say, we're having a talent show. And it's it's just so clear that Ed genuinely doesn't remember it. Like, he mm-hmm. just doesn't. And this sounds either like his memory of that time is spotty or foggy, or like maybe he was already having an episode of some sort when he yeah. was having that breakdown, right? That was really surprising to me and like really sad too. Like, yeah. 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 Ugh. Yeah, because then he also has to reckon with stuff that he doesn't remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then it also means that like people have to reckon with the fact that he doesn't remember the harm that he did them, which is complicated all yeah. around. That is complicated. Yeah. Because yeah. you're like, well, can I blame the person you are now, even though you weren't lucid to remember? I, yeah. yeah. Like it's, I, it's I, My father had um, encephalopathy when he was sick, uh, and it was a few months before he passed. And he said some pretty awful things. He was he was actually really sweet to me, which was sweet. You know, like you can always um, tell people's nature when they're in pain or like have like some sort of dementia. And like he was always really sweet to me, but he was like mean to other people. And like he would like say he was going to hit. He said one time that he was going to hit me. And I'm like, you've never hit me a day in your life. You're not going to hit me now. And he was like, well, I might. And he'd like grit his teeth at me and like talk through his teeth and get really angry because all he wanted to do was go home you know and I'm just like okay dad you know you can't do that but like it was really difficult because um I told him some of the things I I mentioned briefly like oh yeah you did this thing that was kind of funny but really it was horrifying to him because he didn't remember it yeah. And he was like, oh, my God. And I'm like, well, OK, I'm not going to mention anything else that happened while you weren't lucid because it's just going to be painful for you, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
but of course he's not Ed, so no, there <laughs> you go. Ed and I needs think to know, but it certainly adds a different level of complexity it when does. it's Ed because, like, even then he's like, no, you know, it, it, just earlier he says, oh fuck no, I wouldn't apologize for anything. But yeah. then, so you're like, okay, well, you don't even really care, right? But then again, is yeah. that just a defense mechanism, a la like Dean Winchester? You know, like um, right. So it's I don't know. It's tough. or is he? Like, if he truly knew what he did, would he be apologizing? Yeah, you know, I think that's a really good question. Well, yeah. I mean, I think we sort of get an answer to that a little bit later yeah, in the episode. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. So Lucius does end up pushing him off the ship, but we can immediately tell that, like, surprise, surprise, it doesn't really solve anything for him, right? Like, yeah. I think in the most predictable move ever, um, you know, he's like, oh, you, you know, not really, not healed by the fact that he pushed off yeah. Ed from the ship. I mean, he uh, said it felt good, but like, yeah, yeah like especially like ed's climbing back on the ship he's safe you know right (laughs) there you go yeah um yeah so like you said ed is trying to get back on the ship but then fang is just so happens to be on a dinghy going fishing and he asks ed if he wants to go with him and ed agrees yeah and for as traumatized as fang was um he's totally fine with ed now which i was like what and they kind of explain it later they do but it was curious to me because the but they're so cute together i can't even i don't even care it's well there you go i think i think one of the cool things that like this story does is that like it it, of course it cares about continuity but it also Mm -hmm. doesn't sacrifice growth and possible like character um Mm -hmm. development just for the sake of quote-unquote realistic continuity and I really right. appreciate that because it 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 allows them to do a lot more with the characters that they do have. Right. And like, just like you said last episode with Izzy, like you need community to heal. Yeah. You need the love and support of a community. Ed needs community to heal. He needs yeah. to, to be able to, and sometimes that means just acting normal so he can see again what normal's like. Mm-hmm what being just chill and and just doing a normal thing like catching fish is like that can be so much more healing than hey let's talk about these things which they do Mm -hmm. but he need fang opened the door for him if fang was like no i don't want to i don't want to catch fish with you then they would have never had that conversation Mm -hmm. so yeah it takes a it takes a lot for a person to open that door and say no let's cut let's go do a normal thing and then maybe we'll be able to talk this through so yeah Well, because the thing is sometimes like when you're just talking without an activity, like it puts a lot of pressure on like saying the right thing and like what is being said. Whereas when you're doing an activity, it sort of allows for Mm -hmm. the feelings of uh, to, to maybe to maybe the words to not be the main focus. Yeah. Right. So that you can be a bit more free with your words. Right. Um, Like that project you did with exactly yeah yeah that's it I, I mean i always come down mm-hmm. come back to that because it was a project about masculinity also right yeah. and like a lot of it had to do with with deconstructing toxic ideas of masculinity mm-hmm. and it just happened naturally th- with the group and that's yeah. that's what they're doing right and it, it shows yeah. that it it works it's a thing it's real yeah that's so nice we cut back to Steed and Izzy, and Izzy is basically telling Steed that, like, he amazes him because he's met so many better men than him, uh, but they're all dead. And I quote, and somehow you're still alive. <laughs> I love them. I love that the scene starts with, I think you're amazing, fascinating. <laughs> and, like, at first I was like, what? Like, has Steed won Izzy over? Like, 
through this training montage and steve says go on <gasps> which <know>. steve please <sighs> like but then Izzy gets in with a cutting remark. So Izzy is skilled not only in Ed's world of fighting, but also in steeds with cutting remarks. So an artist with the words. I feel like the word artist keeps coming back, which yeah. I absolutely love. And I do have an agenda about, <laughs> but yes, truly an artist. Artist with the sword, artist with the words. Mm-hmm. Love it. And with a knife. This is where Steed reminds him that he beat him in a duel and Izzy gets so riled up about it, which I absolutely love, right? He's like, on a fucking technicality. (laughs) Like he gets really mad and you get that like that glimmer of old Izzy that gets really riled up around Steed, right? Either way, Steed decides to go on a raid. And the thing is, like, the second that they get on the ship that they're raiding, they see that everyone is already dead and there's like a pentagram painted in blood (laughs) on the deck, right? I like that Steed was the first one over and like yeah. he was really enthusiastic and there was no real danger. And I love that Black Pete goes, they must be really into geometry. <laughs> I I have to tell you that when I saw that, I was like, there is truly no peace. Like <laughs> Yeah. Just, supernatural will follow us wherever we go. They really what will. is happening? And the salt line later. This, I know. Oh my god, it's it's yeah. a lot. It was a lot. This episode was a lot. Um so they're told by a dying priest that like everything on the ship is cursed and it really freaks everybody out, right? Particularly uh, Jim, but everybody. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, Steed does manage to punch out an assailant thanks to his lessons with Izzy. And he's so cute. He goes like, Izzy, did you see that? I did a punch. <laughs> oh, I can't. I love it. Mm. He's so proud of himself. And he also finds this gorgeous velvet suit, red velvet Mm. suit, which, let's be honest, is very Spanish Jackie coated. Yes. And God, he looks so good in that suit. He truly does, Uh, though. Oh, like I, I, you know, if they said, oh, I'm going to put Steed back in a suit, I would think that it was the outfits that he wore in season one where he looks so flouncy Mm. and it's not as flattering. And this is just, oh, it's a handsome suit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He looked amazing in it. Mm-hmm. Back on the Revenge, Steed and the crew are drinking champers to yeah. celebrate the raid. Uh, and everybody is complimenting the suit. And this is when Jim lets it out that the suit is cursed. And obviously this freaks everybody out. But Steed chooses to ignore it. Oh, I love it. He's so he's so ridiculous. He's like, no, 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 this is fashion. Oh my God. That supersedes everything. Yep. He's like, I don't care. Kind of like what he did with Ed, right? He's like, I don't care what you think. Mm-hmm. I will do what I want. Like, I will bring my boyfriend back on this ship, even though he like almost killed all of you. You yeah, know, like, yeah. and it's the same with the suit. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't care what you think. I'm bringing that suit on because I love it. Like he is mm-hmm. drunk with power, this man. Mm hmm. Which I kind of love about him, actually. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, it's really like funny. It. it is funny. Uh, it's a good dynamic for them to play off of where he's just bumbling, you know, oblivious. Right. Yeah. We cut to Steed's quarters and Izzy is like just there, like lounging, whittling. Like, uh, I'm eating glass. I, I can't. He's just the, he's he's just in there all episode. He's just in Steed's stateroom. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. And like not like invited or anything. He's he's there when Steed gets back. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. just it's oh, I love it. I love it. Um mm-hmm. so while Steed is admiring himself with the suit on, which honestly, again, like to me just brought back the dress up episode with Ed. You know, like there's an intimacy yes. about it that's just 
easy and lovely. And Izzy is there because he wants to be there. And Steed clearly welcomes him there too. Mm -hmm. And he's like clearly first mate to Steed now, I think. Yeah, now of that course. Buttons is a bird, it's kind of a no-brainer to pick <laughs> Izzy as <laughs> the bird or the unicorn. Let's pick the bird. Uh, the unicorn. No, <laughs> right. <laughs> what did I say? I do love that at the beginning of the episode we failed to mention that Roach asks if Button really yes. turned into a bird or did Ed kill him? Mm-hmm. Which they have no proof of that. So you know, I mean, honestly, like it is a tough thing to fathom right like I I have to say that if somebody came to me and was like oh yeah this friend that you have that like has been living with you for this many like years has turned into a bird yeah while they were hanging out yes while they were (laughs) hanging out with this person who is known to kill other people like I think that I would like probably not believe that either right yeah I agree So Izzy tells Steed that he's going to have to get rid of the suit because uh, even though he doesn't believe in curses, like the crew does, and a curse is a curse, and once it takes hold, well, then it takes hold. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect line delivery. Again, Con O'Neill is amazing. Oh my god. Um, But I like the the implication of, um, like, it doesn't matter if you believe in it, if the crew believes in it, then shit's going to start happening. Yes. Like it's it's not going to matter because it's the power of persuasion and it's the power of connecting things that aren't necessarily connected just because you believe it to be so. Mm-hmm. And it's just not worth the poison that's going to come through this ship. Yeah. If the whole crew is putting their mental power towards making this vessel seem cursed and like it'll it'll come true. Absolutely. If you believe it, it'll come true. It's a tulpa. <laughs> it's a tulpa. No, but really yeah. though it really is and Uh, Like, if we even take a step back from the ship, because I think, like, you really nailed it in terms of, like, the implications for the ship. But if we take a step back from that for a second, like, it took me, it took me a while to really get what the writers meant to do in this episode, other than just, like, feeding us some, like, flirty shirtless Izzy. But I think that this line is really the key to the message in this episode where like it has to do with the stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves. Like, Mm -hmm. if we believe that we are unlovable or broken or cursed and we keep telling ourselves that all the time, then it doesn't Mm -hmm. even matter if we are any of those things or not. Like it matters that we believe them. And sometimes like, it's so important to realize that in order to break the curse, so to speak, like Mm -hmm. we need to realize that we're the ones putting it on ourselves. Right. Like Ed doing normal, humble things is reminding him of his humanity and letting him connect. Is he doing command first mate things? is reminding him of his former strength and excellence and it's benefiting the safety and comfort of the ship as a whole. Like Mm -hmm. people are healing. The captain is getting better at leading. Like they're really being cohesive as a ship. Yeah. Because they're breaking these curses. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I think this is like, this is such a good, like, moving for this is literally moving the culture forward like this is yes. what it takes oh my god like, <laughs> right it's not a little speech about like let's move on it's actually doing yeah. the work of of moving forward and 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 making it feel like a safe space ship right yes oh i love it <laughs> i i just think that the writing of this show is so brilliant like it, it is like i feel so confident 
reading into things because I'm like, Mm -hmm. I know that they put so much effort and so much thought into it. Like I've never felt belittled because I was reading into things that like turned out Mm -hmm. to be like left to the side or forgotten or whatever. Like, it's just, I don't know. Like I feel, I feel like this is a safe spaceship for me too. (laughs) (laughs) We cut to Pete posing for Lucius and like Pete is really into it, you know, like he's getting back (laughs) into this relationship that he's missed, you know, for all of these weeks, these months. Uh, But Lucius is just looking at his drawing, right? And it turns out that he's been drawing everything (laughs) with Ed's face on it. These drawings are just hilarious like <laughs> i know blackbeard's <laughs> face in a flower like his head as the head of a dog and then he has like pete's body with blackbeard's face and we i think um the props people shared some extra ones because we i've seen one floating around with like blackbeard's head on a seahorse it's so cute it's a lot. It's like, it honestly, it's <laughs> like, I don't get like tattoos on whims usually, but I'm yeah, like, oh I kind of want to get one of those. You know? I kind of want to get the seahorse one. <laughs> the seahorse is so good, but the dog, the, the dog, dog is so, is so cute. funny. Because like, it's a little dog too. Yes, like it's- <laughs> exactly. I think that's the beautiful thing about it. I um, love it. So Pete kind of loses patience here and he tells Lucius that the whole ordeal, like he tells him like what that was like for him Mm. and that he thought that Lucius was dead and that he cried every night. And Lucius always talks about how he almost died, but he never talks about the fact that he lived. It was sweet. And thinking about the black Pete from the pilot, it is so wild to be enjoying like Pete's sage wisdom and like romanticism now. Because I never thought we would get there with him like this. Like, yeah, yeah, I really like him. You know, it's interesting because this scene, when I first watched it, like, I didn't quite know how to feel. And again, this is a super personal thing. Like, I, I, because mm-hmm. I actually love how it turns out. And I, I do think that Lucius needed that. But there's a part of me that's like, I don't know how I would have reacted if like at the height of my, like, in the aftermath of, of like, Yes. My trauma. Somebody was like, well, you should just be thankful that you're alive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, I, I don't know how I felt. About, and it sort of felt that. And I know that that's not what's what is said on screen. Um, yeah. And I understand that is that that was certainly not the intention. Um, and that we do need Lucius to move on in order for the show to move on, for the culture to move forward. Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. I, I like this was a little bit iffy to me personally but again I also appreciate the fact that like I think Lucius needed that like he needed somebody to be like you know I fully get that you almost died but you're not like and you're wasting time right now like don't waste your time reliving this trauma and try to move forward because I think you know I think that that is a real a very real experience for people with trauma particularly like with like not complex or even complex trauma, but like right. you get so stuck in it for so long, or some people can get so stuck in it for so long that like, if you do manage to get out of it, then you look back and you're like, I feel like I wasted all this time. Like, I know that that's something that mm-hmm. I relate to very, very much. Um, so, right. so yeah, I feel conflicted about that because I'm like, I don't know how I would have received it, but also mm-hmm. I know that I would have needed it, you know, like, so it's, it's tough. Yeah, I get that. I think sometimes this, um, some of the points are um, they lose some of their nuance because 
it is only a 30 minute show and they can only shove so much in there. Yeah. Um, and they kind of try to act like, cause if this was like years in the future, you could be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Lucius needs to move on. Like, but this mm-hmm. literally happened like last week. So, you know, like, yes. Hello. But, um, I think also there is, there's something to be said about the romantic partners or even life partners of, uh, of the traumatized person and yeah. how, how it is difficult for them to constantly be like, yeah, I hear you. I hear your trauma, but like, can we move forward in our relationship? And like, Mm -hmm. you're stuck in this place. And I get that that's so hard for you, but like we need to move forward or else I can't move forward, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And that's why I'm saying I'm conflicted because I see, I see what it's doing and I see the need for it. I, but I know that that would have been yeah. very difficult for me to hear. And it maybe that's hard. the whole yeah. point. Maybe that's the whole point yeah. of this. So, And maybe it's like, with love, you need to move on. Okay, now, like, this, that's my opinion. And now I'm going to give you the space to do that or not do that. And, yeah. and like, I'm just trying to, like, gently guide you towards what I think would mm-hmm. be helpful for you. But obviously, this is your choice whether you do that or not. So mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, for sure. And I mean, yeah. I do love the outcome of this. So, I, you yeah, know, yeah, there you go. We cut to what seems to be the Polycule's bedroom. So again, like just to mm-hmm. recap, that's Jim, Alu, and Archie. Um, and I said last episode that we were going to talk more about the fucked up sleeping arrangements. And we're here <laughs> because like, we agree that this is their room, right? Like, yeah. I mean, Archie has fallen in with Jim and yes. Aluande very well. Just like Aluande and Archie do not seem to have any ill will or animosity towards each other. They, it, they are a trio now as far as or a triad as yes. far as you'd see it yeah well and so like that's the thing like they're on the bed holding hands mm-hmm. in the salt mm-hmm. line and i'm just like i this is like this is what it is right again like knowing that the show always shows us without necessarily telling us um mm-hmm. i i sort of can't really see it any differently yeah like, and time will tell whether this is more explicit or if it's just going to be in the background somewhere mm-hmm. and we but just I, know that it exists. Exactly. I'm like, I don't even need it to be explicit. Yeah. Like, to me, this yeah. is fine. Like, uh, and, and I can't believe I'm I'm saying this of all people <laughs> because this show is already so queer that I'm like, oh, nobody is going to take any offense if we say that, like, this is a polycule or a, yeah. a, a thruple or whatever we want to call it. Right? right. So, right. I just, I love that. And I love that it doesn't need to be explained also. Like, sometimes, like people are in relationships and like, they don't owe you an explanation, you know? Like, and I think I love exactly. that. I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're wearing garlic braids and they're like I said, they're on their bed, holding hands on their bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. See what I did there? They're holding mm-hmm. hands and they're surrounded with the salt line. And like, <laughs> yeah, again, there is no peace. There is no <laughs> peace no from peace. supernatural. <laughs> um, Steed comes into their room and he gets yelled at. And so he leaves. Yeah, he's just walking around spinning in his fancy suit. Oh, he's twirling. <laughs> Such a twirly girl. nobody wants to see that damn suit. <laughs> nope. Everybody's done with it. Then we move on to the galley where Roach made Frenchie a peanut butter sandwich and Frenchie is going nuts over it. See uh-huh, what I did there? Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> um, and, and they both are really like they, they're loving it and they're calling it peanut paste. And I think I it's it. the cutest thing. So Steed yeah. comes in to say thank you for them supporting him and keeping the suit, you know, and how happy he is that they're both men of science. <laughs> yes. 
Obviously. This Obviously, is... Frenchie is a man of science. <laughs> he truly is, because he tells Roach, very scientifically, to leave out the leftover bread for the fairies that help the bread rise, which makes complete sense. Complete scientific mm-hmm, sense. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, and we see that Frenchie is also getting a pretty serious rash on his hand. Now, uh, we can easily understand that he's probably allergic to peanuts, mm-hmm. but Roach immediately assumes that Steed is cursed. <laughs> Okay, so poor Frenchie, my, uh, one of my children are allergic to milk and eggs, mm. and the other one is pretty severely lactose intolerant, so we get, but my oldest one is anaphylactically allergic to milk and eggs, oh, wow. and so I can tell you that this rash that they show on Frenchie is not what an anaphylactic rash looks like. Now, rashes can come in many forms, but right. it's usually hives, and that's not what hives looks like, mm. but I get it, you know, that I think it would be really hard to do hives on like realistic hives on skin um but that's okay i was just like huh that's not it (laughs) (laughs) that's not what that looks like (laughs) but that's okay yeah because so maybe it really was the curse then it's not i think it was yeah (laughs) there you go there you go women of science we are women of science science. (laughs) we cut to the dinghy with fang and ed and they're having this conversation where ed is realizing that like what he thought were good times with fang were actually not so good for fang and Mm -hmm. he honestly and genuinely apologizes for that you know like in complete contrast with like the corporate blanket non-apology that he gave before like this is just so much more human and heartfelt and fang also tells him that he's not mad at him anymore because (laughs) sorry because he got it out of his system uh when they were beating him to death and then he says i did unthinkable things to your body which really made me think back to that discussion that we had Mm -hmm. of ed asking hornigold if he'd done anything weird to his body when he was asleep (laughs) and i'm like maybe you were right katie like maybe he's just feeling like (laughs) the unthinkable things that fang did to his body Yeah, maybe. (laughs) um and kind of fang's a bit of an enigma to me because he was so like calm and chipper and like hey join me on my boat when he was so traumatized before but perhaps fang represents the present tense better than anyone like he's the barometer of the show like Mm. he was so upset in the first couple of episodes because of how horrible it was and now he is like calm and happy and Mm -hmm. content he's much more at peace yeah and I think his physicality grants him a luxury, like, as for as horrible as Blackbeard was to everyone and as touchy as this conversation can be, they're completely alone in the dinghy and it could go really poorly really quickly for Fang. Mm-hmm. But, like, Ed is stripped of any of his trappings and, like, Fang could easily physically overpower him. So I think I've talked, I talked last season about how, like, you have different forms of, like, power. Yeah. And so, like, yes, you're technically my boss but because i have more knowledge of the subject than you it kind of evens the playing field and fang is like okay you're technically my boss and can order me what to do but i could literally crush you with one hand yes so like you can't mistreat me which he let him mistreat him because he was so out there you know but Mm he fang has kind of regained his agency and he was like oh no 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 i could beat the crap out of him right (laughs) yeah so Fang feels confident in speaking plainly because he's like, oh, no, no, I I remember that I could just crush him if I needed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the fact that, like, he's not it, – it's also the 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 context, right, where mm-hmm. he – like you said, they're alone in the dinghy. 
uh, away from the crew also, which yeah. I think that having private conversations really changes dynamics, especially yeah. when you're talking about harm done to you. Because yeah. like, I think that uh, when you're talking to a group of people, like you're always going to, or in front of other people about mm -hmm. stuff that you've done wrong. I think it's human nature to feel defensive immediately. Oh, yeah. And if, yeah. if like, if you are somewhat less healed, right? Like if you're mm -hmm. a little bit more human, quote unquote, then, then you're going to feel really defensive. Right. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Whereas like when it's just two people, like there's nobody to perform to. Yeah. And so like that humanity tends to come through a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So we get back to the deck of the revenge where there's a conversation between Lucius and Izzy where Lucius tells Izzy that pushing Ed off the ship didn't really help and that they should try doing what he did to Izzy on him, meaning mm -hmm. like shoot off his leg. And this is when Izzy tells Lucius that a shark bit off his leg uh, when he was dangling his legs over the ship and that it served him right. And so Izzy is like full on inventing a fiction to explain his injury. And admits it, which is fascinating to me. Right. And so if yeah. we go back to what he told Steed about like what they did to Ed back in, I think it was episode two. I can't remember exactly. Mm -hmm. Like, it's all starting to make sense. And I know that at the time we'd said that he was probably also worried about the crew, which is which is true, right? Like it's it's part of it. Yeah. But this moment really shows us that this is a coping mechanism for him that comes back. And that mm -hmm. sometimes like the truth is just too much for him to handle so that he can actually cope and carry on, like so to speak, right? Yeah. Um Lucius thinks that this isn't very healthy, but Izzy says that it's better to do that than to not moving on and he gives them what he's been whittling all episode which turns out to be like a perfectly shaped wooden shark i love it now this is the second time that men have given lucius things that they've whittled for him um which i think is really interesting uh mm -hmm. and, and speaks maybe to the nature of the relationship between izzy and lucius yeah and I think it also shows us, again, Izzy's artistic side. And if we remember what Mary Reed told Ed last episode, that his type is artsy outsider, then it's mm -hmm. it makes even more sense. Oh, yeah. So even his swordsmanship, I mean, like, mm-hmm. Yep. I would say he's an artist in several different ways, but this shark is so adorable. The shark, oh, and that's, and Lucius loves it. He's like, oh, my God, I actually love this. You know, like, he, <laughs> nobody is more surprised than he is. <laughs> He's like, whittle me something else. <laughs> yes, exactly. There you go. Like, and it's a sim almost a similar reaction to like the finger uh, that mm -hmm. uh, the prosthetic finger that Pete gave him last season. Yeah. I which it. I love. I love that. Yeah. Below deck, the crew tells Steed that the curse uh, of the suit gave Frenchie sores. And I quote, all over his beautiful body. And this is Roach <laughs> saying this, which I love also. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't think that anybody can disagree with that assessment. Yep. Um, we do have to mention that Frenchie is stuffing his face full of peanuts while this is happening. I didn't notice that. I didn't you notice didn't? he was still eating them. He's still eating the peanuts. <laughs> he's just like full on Frenchie, like breaking the shells and like eating the peanuts. And he's like, I'm so itchy. <laughs> he's like I, he's like i wish i could scratch the back of my eyes 
<laughs> yes. And I'm like, oh, yes, that is, that's an allergy, honey. <laughs> um, and Steed does remark on this and he points out that he's probably allergic to peanuts and, but the crew is just having none of it and they just attack him. <laughs> so he runs into his quarters and he's like, actually crying about them having like ripped the suit and and we realize that izzy again <laughs> is just lounging in steed's quarters and he reminds him that a curse is a curse and steed channels his best izzy hands and screams mm. oh fuck off <laughs> and then izzy channels his best frenchie and he just goes rude <laughs> and he crosses his little crosses hoof leg i love it so much leg. like the entire exchange like clearly steed was loving the nice suit since all of his things were destroyed and you have to understand the crew's feelings but then like izzy being in his quarters like hello oh my, oh my god. god i he's love just that there he's just there i love Again, it so much it's so it, he's behind the <sighs> captain like it's it, uh, uh, i love it yeah i love it so back on the dinghy with Ed and Fang, Ed is having a bit of a reckoning. And this is where the things that he did are actually starting to sink in, I think. I, I do want to highlight here that the thing that's top of mind for him is Izzy's leg, right? Yeah. And he's talking about how he wants to make things better, but he doesn't know where to start. And he's kind of talking around in circles around this. And then Fang tells him that he should really just try to sit with himself in silence, like sit with his emotions and his discomfort mm -hmm. and just like feel his feelings. And... I love that Fang just takes like this beautiful, like gentle parenting approach where he goes like, I bet you can't stay silent long enough to catch a fish. And like most toddlers, except mine, of course, yeah. um, will fall for that. And Ed does take the bait and decides to sit quietly. Yeah. That reminds me so much of my dad or my spouse, like taking hmm. me fishing because I'm a talker. And they're like, okay, you're scaring the fish away. Could yes. you please shut up? <laughs> I'm like, this is not for me. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. I get that. I get that. I used to have this thing with my, with my, my child when he was a toddler. I was like, oh, honey, I bet, I bet you that you can't stay silent for one minute. That's awesome. And I mean, he fell for it, I think like once. And then after that, he's like, you're just trying to get me to be quiet. And I was like, yes, honey, I am. I'm yes, so sorry. Yes, sorry. Uh, so we're back on the revenge and Steed tells the crew that he's going to get rid of the suit. Did he take the suit off in front of Izzy? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it happened in my Just head. Just curious. All right. <laughs> Izzy helped him. So okay, I do, I do want to mention here that the polycule like comes out of their bedroom. Just saying. Yeah, they like poke their heads out like meerkats. Yes. Like, yeah, very very cute. cute. And after some encouragement from Izzy, Steed like relents and finally says that, yes, the suit is cursed and he leaves it up to the crew to decide what to do with it. And again, I think that this really shows that Steed really values Izzy's thoughts mm -hmm. and his advice. And the crew decides that they're going to pawn off the suit to somebody else. <laughs> Black Pete goes, does this make us horrible people? <laughs> it's like, well, sort of, but I, 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 it's yeah. fine. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> You're pirates. We cut to Steed and Izzy and the crew. They're doing another raid. And this moment is lovely because like they're all working together now as opposed to like the suspicion yeah. that they had of each other in the last episode. And even mm -hmm. now, like even this episode with like the curse and whatnot, right? Yeah. That's all gone. That's all gone. And I love that. Yeah. Uh, the, you've got Steed like complimenting Izzy's swordplay, which, oh my God, don't even get me started. Mm -hmm. um, 
And then you've got Izzy signaling signaling to Steed that like he did really good uh, when he intimidated the sailor without hurting him. And like, yes. it's all just very lovely. And they do end up leaving the suit with the crew of that ship. Uh, but as we know, it was never really about the suit, but about Steed becoming their leader again. Mm-hmm. And we definitely got there, I think. And thanks in no small part to Izzy's advice. I love the cohesion. I love that like they're they're all everything's good now and then they can have an antagonist outside of the ship. Yeah. The I love ship that. needed to come together. So Yeah. And they really did that and they invested in that because it took them two yeah. episodes to get there, right? And these yeah. are this is this is an eight episode series. They spent two yeah. episodes getting the crew back together. Mm-hmm. They needed to spend that time doing that. And I, I spent a so quarter thankful. of the show. Oh, <laughs> of the I know. season. I know, I know, I know. I can't why did we not get ten episodes? I, you know, I don't want to think about it too much. It's like getting something stolen from me. I know, right? I like, can't we got believe 10 episodes that in the first one. we have two episodes will drop tomorrow. I know. And then there's one left. Like I don't ugh. like it. I don't like it either. We cut back to the revenge where Lucius shows Pete that like he drew his face directly on the walls of the ship, which is incredibly sweet. Were they in the ballroom? I think they might be in the ballroom. I'm not sure because it feels like the inside of the ship has changed since the last time, since last season, which I don't mind. He used like gunpowder or something like on the Mm. wall of the ballroom. I just love it. Oh, and this is where we get, you know, he get he tells him that he sees him and he proposes to him. You know, he (laughs) says that he wants to spend the rest of his life with him. And Pete says yes. And they kiss and it's sweet and lovely and just like it feels like warm soup. Yes, I love them. I love how much Pete has matured, and I mm. love their relationship and how adorable they are together. I love it. Yeah, I love Pete's reaction to this. Is like, whoa! Like the the eyes, yeah. just like oh, and like it's they do that. Like oh. I love when he always calls him babe, a babe. babe. I, love <laughs> I love that about him. We cut to a beautiful moonlit scene where Ed is telling Steed the tale of him catching the fish. And I just, (laughs) I love the language that he uses here. He's like, man versus beast. I'm the man. The beast was beneath the sea. Like, I just love that he felt that it was necessary to specify that he was the man and not the beast, which knowing how, like, he sometimes thinks of himself as the kraken yeah. It makes complete sense here, right? Like, he wants to make mm-hmm. sure that Steed knows that he's, like, reclaiming his humanity after sitting quietly with himself. And yeah. I, I just love that for him. Yeah, that's really sweet. He compliments Steed's shirt, telling him that he wears fine things well. Mm. Uh, calling back to Steed, telling him that just last season. <sighs> and like last time, Ed leans in. But this time, he kisses Steed. And Steed kisses him back. And Ed does this little shoulder shimmy, like this little uncertain Ugh. but also determined move. And I love how real it is. Like, it's just, oh my God, it's so cute. It's really sweet because he's like indicating that this is what he's going to do. He's like, I'm going yeah. in for a kiss. Like, it, it, and that's the thing. Like, I th- if you compare it to their lack of kiss last season mm-hmm. in the moonlit scene where he moved forward and he didn't go for it. Yeah. If you also compare it to the beach kiss where mm-hmm. Steed is like trying his best to like hold on to dear life, like here he really leans into the kiss and he mm-hmm. unmistakably kisses him back. And he grabs the back of his head. There you like, go, he's, right? He's taking it further. Yeah. He's like, I have dreamed of this moment. I am not letting it go by. Like, I I love that 
I love that. It's mm-hmm. amazing. And interestingly, Ed pulls back and t- and asks if they can take things slow because they're both whim prone. And this is another callback to last episode. Mm-hmm. And I really see this as Ed taking Anne and Mary's. I I don't want to say advice because their <laughs> advice wasn't great, right? <laughs> but maybe like heeding their warning seriously that relationships that last aren't actually built on passion, but on intentionality. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to be intentional here by sitting with himself and listening to that instead of just going for something he wants, kind of like with yeah. the fishing, right? Yeah. It's it's what he practiced with the fishing. He is now putting into practice with Steed. Oh, I love it. So Steed agrees with him and he takes his hand, asking him if that's all right. And again, like beautiful display of like asking for consent here, mm-hmm. which I absolutely love and checking for boundaries, right? Like negotiating mm-hmm. those boundaries, which absolutely love and ed says that it's perfect so mm-hmm. we definitely see like a desire for connection here like it's not just a mindless desire right like it's it's i just i love that for them mm-hmm. yeah i love their quiet intimacy like when yeah. they i love how connected they are they both like walk off having like a sweet little conversation they they both want to be together they both know that the other one wants to be with them like i love the 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 assurity there there's no like oh does he like me as much as i like him like they both love each other and i just oh i love it i and i also like and i this is the second time that the episode ends with them just like walking off together Mm -hmm. right like in a row and i i I said it last episode and i'm saying it again but i love that i love that it's like how much they're building their relationship based off of their friendship yes yeah i really like that too and i think like I just, I adore that genuinely. Like it is so, so amazing to me. Like it's, it's, it's what I want. Right? Yeah, like, so I think right. it's great, which I get for some people, it's not what they want. And so they might not think, see it as that great. But like, I, I love that. I absolutely love no, that. Like my spouse and I, we've been together for 20, it'll be 22 years in December. Wow. And yeah. And uh, you know, we'll have, we all, you know, we have lots of conversations and like a couple years ago we were having like a very serious conversation. And I'm like, you're my best friend. Like you're the one I tell everything to, you know, everything about me. Like, of course you're my best friend. And I think it really stuck with him because he brings it up a lot all the time. He's like, you're my best friend, you know? Aww. And I'm like, yeah, I am your best friend, you know? <laughs> Yeah, so I, I really that. like that. Like spouses can be best friends too and and they need to be because that is how, you know, you get by. You can't you can't like have them in this little category where you're like, "Oh, I don't share these things with them," you know? Mm-hmm. Like if they're a part of your life, they're going to be a part of every part of your life. And and don't get me wrong, there's separation. There are things that I do that he doesn't really understand or know of about course. or care yeah, about. Yeah. But yeah, like as far as well, everything, he he knows me the best. So, you know, just like in friendship, right. Even with best friends, yeah. sometimes like there are things that like, you just don't share and that's okay. Sure. But, yeah. but the fact that the relationship is predicated upon the friendship is like, yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. I really like it. Oh yeah. And like, I like that Ed and Steed weren't together. I like that Ed wasn't a part of the raids. Um, He was able to just be gentle and quiet over on the ship even though like there was all this stuff going on outside of what he was working on 
and that Steed got a chance to shine with Izzy because that that dynamic just wouldn't have worked right away. Right away, it'll work now. You yeah. know, the training montage wouldn't have worked if Ed was standing right there. No, it wouldn't. But it'll work now. You know, so they put the time in. They put they put everything in place. And now, like, all the dynamics have all shifted, and they're in a very comfortable place, and I really like where they are. Can I say one thing? Actually, like, so we're going to go into final thoughts here, Mm -hmm. but I guess my final thought is that at this point, the only thing that I need in order to, quote-unquote, move the culture forward is some kind of conversation, even if it's very short, between Ed and Izzy. Yes. Yeah. And I, it needs to happen. I, I think that was the elephant in the room. That, yes. You know, that's why we don't see Ed standing amongst the crew yes. with Izzy. Like, there there was very much a lot of separation. So that does still need to happen. Yes. Mm-hmm. I agree. I I think for that, for the dynamic that you're talking about to work, we need to have some sort of closure, mm-hmm. even though I have a lot of thoughts about closure. And sure. if that happens, then we can talk about that a little bit. But like, yeah, I, that's what I would be hoping for. And also like, so the thing is, we know from the trailer uh, of, of the the whole trailer, but also like the trailer of the, the next episodes that now mm-hmm. they're going to be encountering um villains and antagonists from outside the ship yes um and so they really needed to come back together as a unit in order to face these antagonists that are going to come and try to like disrupt their their lives Mm um and and i'm 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 kind of excited for that like I'm yeah. excited to see how they band together and what happens with this. Like who does what? What you know what I mean? Like because now they've set yeah. it up in a way, and I it makes me and again like to come back to the ten versus eight episodes. Like it makes me so sad because I'm like we only have three episodes left of that. I know, and there's so many, there's so many storylines that are just not. We have uh, the guest star Bronson Pinchot. I don't know who he plays, but like he's a torturer. It looks like. Yeah. And then there's Spanish Jackie's in the background, which I hope she comes back. Then we have Susan. Then we have the guy with no nose. Like, yeah. what, like all of these things need to happen in three episodes. Like, yeah. It's a lot. It's a, it's it's a tall a order. The thing is, like, I know that the writers are going to do, like, a fantastic job. The cast is going to do a fantastic job. Oh, yeah. Like, it's all going to be beautiful. And maybe I'm being greedy, but I really wish we had had more episodes. Oh, me too. Me too. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. honestly, the only thing I don't like about this show is that we didn't get more episodes. Like, that's what I, I will say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is the one downside is how short it is. Uh, and especially being only 30 minute episodes like, ooh. And, but that means like it also shows like how tight everything has to be. It right. And so be. like, yeah, that's why like our episodes are. Are, are so much longer than 30 minutes also because like there's just so much to talk about in these little episodes because mm. every line matters like yeah. everything has a purpose in there hello this is katie from the editing booth and i just wanted to uh point out that for the next three and a half minutes i'm going to lightly spoil a couple of elements of red white and royal blue so if you haven't seen it yet first of all you should go watch it it's gorgeous it's on prime it's queer it's amazing and you should read the book too but 
For the next three and a half minutes after I finish this message, I will be talking about red, white, and royal blue. So feel free to skip it if you do not want to hear that. Thank you. Yeah, right. Well, so did you did you ever watch the movie Red, White, and Royal Blue? I did not, no. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Yeah. But it's based on a book, and yes. I had read the book, and there's a lot of book fans. And there were a lot of people who read the book and loved the book and then watched the movie, and they were upset about certain things being changed or storylines being cut. And the way I look at it is, if you look at the runtime, it is two hours on the dot. Mm. And I truly think that the studio was like, you are not allowed to make a rom-com that is over two hours. <laughs> That's possible. And if you watch, if you know the, the book and you watch the movie, I challenge you to show me something that they could have cut that wasn't integral to the plot to add some of those elements in that people were missing. Because it is so tight. There is not right. there is not one single second that isn't integral to the plot, which I like shows. I like movies and shows that have scenes that aren't integral to the plot. But I just think there was so much story to be told and they were probably given the parameters of you better not make this over two hours. And and if you look at the runtime, it is exactly two hours on the dot. And I'm like, oh, OK, that's what happened. I mean, I feel like that's also like a, a common discussion point when people talk about like tv or film adaptations like people are never happy with them but the thing is that people tend to forget also is that like written media and visual media are two yes. different things yeah um and that like film storytelling or tv storytelling is just not the same as as writing yeah. and you cannot tell exactly the same thing the same way right. with one media or the other and right yeah. like that's that's just something that's my little gripe with people who are always upset with with those adaptations because like you just can't you can't you have to find other ways of telling right but it, this particular it was valid because in the book one of the characters has like a bisexual realization and in the movie he just already knows he's bisexual and so it was very meaningful to people mm, for I him see. to go through that journey and so as like the first queer rom-com like everyone was looking forward to that but again it would take up a lot of time. And yeah. what's funny is we realized that since like it's his point of view that he was bisexual this entire time, he just was lying to himself. Mm. <laughs> Cause like you find out later, he's like, well, you know when I used to sneak into Liam's bedroom at night and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> Oh, in high school you were okay. <laughs> <laughs> the story of many bisexuals I know. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's relatable, <laughs> but it's like, okay, he was, he had already had these experiences. Of course. And he just hasn't, he didn't come to that realization, which is very important to be represented. But again, it t it would take up so much time and there was so much to get to. And I just don't see where they could have fit it in. But, you know, that's when you go back to the studio and you're like, I need two hours and 15 minutes, man. <laughs> yeah. Give me an extra 15. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But to come back to this p particular piece of media, like it's, yeah. I find that this is like, I, I love that everything is so intentional because it allows for us to have these very deep conversations about like yes. this one shot of Izzy with a candle in the middle yeah. of his almost naked body. Right. Like yeah. we can, we can say that this is intentional because they're trying to tell a story also to give a message without having to explicitly say it yeah. right and mm -hmm. I, I and not because they don't want to explicitly say it but just because they don't have the time they and it's not time. the focus yeah. of 
of the thing. But like, yeah, that we see this incredibly phallic depiction of Izzy as he's like observing Steed and Steed is observing him Mm -hmm. and he's agreeing to teach him swordplay you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's a lot Mm -hmm. it's it's Mm -hmm. a lot it is a lot it is a lot especially we know that the creators like used the color purple in the first season to show that ed was falling more in love so like they're using symbolism they're using props they're using all kinds of things so like it is not inappropriate to read into all that stuff no exactly which i love i absolutely love do you have any other final thoughts for this i don't think i do i am excited for the new episodes oh my god so excited i don't know how i'm gonna survive them (laughs) no i don't either i don't either i don't know and i don't like the fact that we only have one episode left after that because then it's like oh my god like we only have 30 minutes left and i just i don't We've waited for so long. Yeah. The the episodes are coupled very well. Like those first three episodes yes. were needed to be together. I'm glad Absolutely. that whoever chose the, the airing schedule seemed to choose it out of love and understanding of the show. Yes, I agree. Even even if it's frustrating that the way it ends will yeah. be just one episode. So Absolutely. Yeah, I get it. for visiting the gentleman pirates library please do wash your hands before reading who knows what kind of dirt you found on the deck please also subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you get your podcasts you can find us on twitter at gentleman pirates that's the word gentleman p-i-r and the number eight and we'll be back with our coverage of book 16 thank you